So today we're going to continue our looking at the book of Colossians. And if you remember, Paul is, is in prison when he's writing this, this book to the church of Colossae. And there's a group of spread, uh, people spreading what they believe to be Gnosticism into the church in this belief that, that Jesus wasn't enough. Jesus, you needed something special. You needed some secret knowledge to, to gain this salvation, to restore your relationship to, to God, to achieve eternal life. That they actually thought is that you can actually do it yourself. That you didn't you didn't need Jesus as part of this equation with this knowledge that you would you would have that what you what it took to get into heaven. So today we're going to look at really what Paul has to say about Jesus, of who Jesus really is, and, and what Jesus should mean to you, what what Jesus should be to this to the church of of just how magnificent and glorious Jesus is. And so really what he's saying is that you just all you really need is Jesus. Nothing more and nothing less. Now, last week, I went to the district conference for the Foursquare Church in Beaverton, Oregon. I also went to visit my son out there, too. And there was nothing really special about my trip to Portland. I actually, I took an airplane because it just made sense because I don't know if you've ever made that drive, but it's a really, really long drive. It's like 16 hours, and so it... Just for time-wise, it just made a lot more sense to do that. So we, we, we did that. And the reason I say this is because when we went to the airport, I had full belief that the pilots that were going to fly that plane were capable of flying the plane. They knew where they were going. That They knew they could, li- they could lift off and that plane would fly to Portland and we wouldn't end up in like Des Moines, Iowa or somewhere like that. That they would fly, fly that and I had faith that the mechanics that worked on that plane that it wouldn't break down and wouldn't fall out of the air and we would all crash and that we would land safely then when I landed I had full belief and full trust that when we got to the rental car that there would be a car waiting for me that with based on the reservation that I placed and so also with the hotel and when we got to the hotel they would see my name on the list and I would have a room to spend there so I believed. I believed that something was going to be true. And I had faith. I had complete confidence and trust in, in someone or something. And I didn't doubt that all of this would just go along smoothly that week. And I wholeheartedly committed to, well, my planning and the abilities of others. And I put my faith in them. I put my faith in even myself to make sure that my plans were made right. And so why do I tell you this story? tell you the story is not just to tell you where I was last weekend but it's to t- demonstrate to you that that we put our our faith and our belief and how easy it is to put our faith and belief in other people and other things and that whole story did I once mention the name of Jesus I didn't mention Jesus once and how I put all of this belief all of this this faith this faith in in other things other than Jesus and it just seems like it's, it's easy a lot of times to put our, our, our trust in something else other than God, other than Jesus. Even when this conference I was going to was all about Jesus. So I asked the question, is my faith really in Jesus? Or was it in this technology and people and airplanes and airport shuttles and all of those other things? Or was I just taking my faith in Jesus for granted? Did I even put any faith in Jesus? 
Was I putting my faith in myself and with other people? And I think Paul is writing this letter to this church and this, this whole section we're looking at today is perhaps saying, you're putting your faith in some of the, what this, these other people are teaching. You're putting your faith in, in trusting these people and this just isn't true. That, that there's these things that distract you, that keep you from God, that, that who Jesus really is. Putting your belief and faith in something or someone else. And I think Paul is saying this, do you know our God? Do you know our God? Specifically, do you know who his son is? His son, Jesus. Do you know who he is? So Paul is going to let the church know. He's going to say, this is who Jesus is. This is who you believe in. And I think Paul is also speaking to us today. Of, this is who this Jesus is that we believe in. Today we're going to look at, at just a short passage, really. It's Colossians 1, 15 through 23. So some of you have a Bible with you, or maybe you've got a Bible in front of you, or if you want to grab your phone and uh, look it up in your, on your phone. And, and when you do that, if some of you, you know, don't, I don't want you checking your emails. I don't want you checking Facebook or Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, or just even all those little red notifications we get on our phone. Because if you share the same neuroses as I do, like, those just drive me nuts. Like, I've got to take care of those and clear those. And so I just want you to, to just, just let it go. It'll be okay. Trust me, it's going to be okay. Just open it up. In, open up the Bible app. And I'm sure the Bible app might even have red little notifications on them too. So just leave those alone. It'll be okay. And so why am I making a big deal about this? Why am I saying don't check all those things in your, in your phone? Because the reason I'm doing it is because at least on our phones or on our things, and, and these aren't bad things. Don't get me wrong. They're not bad things. But... We look at Facebook, we look at our Fox News app or our CNN app or our Apple News app or Instagram, and we believe all of those things or some of we believe those things that people are posting. We're so easily are influenced by what is posted out there. And really some of this is, is these people are saying, let me give you this knowledge. Let me give you this knowledge that I have, and I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to share it with you and all my 1,514,536 other followers are also going to get this knowledge. This knowledge I'm going to give you is the truth. It's the truth. It's not the truth all the time. It's not. But what I'm saying is that app on your Bible that's the Bible app contains the Bible. That's the truth. That's the actual truth. It's life-changing. That's the where we should get our truth. So, okay, let's look at this verse. Starting in the, verse, the first verse, it says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So Jesus is kind of the OG, literally. Jesus is God's Son. He wasn't created. Jesus has the same essence of God, same makeup of God. Jesus wasn't created after everything else. God didn't create everything and then say, Oh, I need to create Jesus and create Jesus. He was, he was there the whole time. Jesus was with God before anything was created. Before any of us were created. Jesus is the physical image of the invisible God. Jesus was, was someone that we can see. Someone that's like us. Because remember, we were also created in God's image. Jesus, someone that had the same experiences as us. Because he lived here on earth. He was human. He had the same things that we went through. He felt pain. He felt grief. He felt agony. He felt sorrow. He felt joy. 
felt everything that we feel. This Jesus, this Jesus that is God's son, that's the image of God that came to earth to be one of us. He always has been and always will be. Jesus is not inferior to his father, who his father happens to be God, who is the same as our God. In fact, he is the same as God. Now, verse 16, for in him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So I think in modern days we could say Jesus is the goat. He created all of us, created all of it. He created you and you and you and you and you, all of us. He created everything. He even created flies and mosquitoes and rattlesnakes and things like that for some reason. I don't know why. Some of you next week, you're going to go hunt elk. He created those. He created pigs so we could have bacon. He created pigs so that I can go and, and burn the midnight oil and go watch my son play football on Saturdays and, and, and race back here. Jesus, you did all of that. Even the things that I don't see, the things that I can't see, you did that also. Things that we even need electron microscopes to see. Jesus created all of that. And Jesus did something else too. Something that we're, we also, we'll put our faith in things. We'll put our beliefs in things. Or maybe we won't put our belief or faith in things. And these are things like our leaders, our government, our politicians, our Supreme Courts, our policemen, or whoever, you name it. Anybody that's in authority or rulers or powers. Those people that, that we either hate them or we love them. Those people that Jesus also created. Those people that we need to treat as our neighbors. People that might say bad things about me. Might say bad things about what I believe in. People that say, I say, well, they made me do that. People that want to violate what I consider freedoms or violate my rights. People that are people that we put all their beliefs in or we put all our faith in them. And we find out that those people just disappoint us or they lie to us. They lead us astray. People that hurt us. But the thing is, this verse is telling us that all of these all of this was created and all of these people, Jesus created them through him and for him. So it's all about Jesus, isn't it? It's all about Jesus. It is. Yes, it is all about Jesus. But Jesus is all about us too, isn't he? Now, let's listen to Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion... Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Do not look to your own interests, but each, other, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as, Jesus, as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to take his own to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing to, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, who humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. That was Philippians 2 verses 1 through 11 if you didn't catch that. So in the end, however it looks like, because it was all created by Jesus for Jesus, everyone's going to acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. That everything was created by him and for him. Jesus is who he is. He's nothing more, nothing less. Let's look at verse 17. He is before all things. In him all things hold together. This again referring, reaffirming Jesus. He wasn't part of creation. That Jesus wasn't something just created by God. That Jesus was really, he is the son of God. And he was with God. Now there's, there's a, something that some of you might remember. It's, it's called the Nicene Creed. That's something that I grew up Catholic, so it's something I, we knew. We, we read that a lot all the time. And I want to read part of it for you. And the Nicene Creed, really, it, it, it affirms who Jesus is. So let me just read part of it for you. It says, We believe in God the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from light, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial, one in being with the Father. What that's saying really is Jesus is the same as God. He's made out of the same stuff. Through him all things were made. For us men and our, for our salvation he came down from heaven. And by the Holy Spirit was incarnate. He was born to the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. This is something that we maybe grew up or we've heard, and we just read this. We don't think anything of it. It's just something people read. People read. But if you really listen to the words, this sounds a lot like what Paul is writing here. It's just affirming what G- who Jesus is. It was written, it, it's like 355 A.D. after Jesus' death. And, and it was really what it was. is just like all these guys got together and said, hey, we got all this stuff floating around here. We need to really just write down what this is all about, what Jesus is all about, what, what Christians are to believe in. And that's what they did. That's what they came up here to kind of say, this is what we believe in. So stop spreading on that untruth. And it's Jesus that hold it, held it all together. Jesus is the glue. Let's look at Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 with me. It says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And through him also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Sounds a little bit like this, this Nicene Creed also. 
But it was Jesus. It's Jesus that's sustaining all these things. Nothing more, nothing less. Let's move on to verses 18 and 20. For he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So I wonder, so do dogs and cats really go to heaven? Because it says it's through him to reconcile to himself all things. So maybe there's maybe we can use that to say all dogs and cats go to heaven. But Jesus is kind of like the Godfather here. He's the head of the church. Jesus is the one that leads. I don't lead it, not me. Not someone with special knowledge. Not someone with a million followers on Instagram. Everything that was in God, it's, it's in Jesus. Jesus isn't lacking anything. There's nothing more, nothing less that Jesus needs. You don't need the special knowledge these guys are t- trying to tell us. It was the work of Jesus on the cross. That's what reconciles us with God. That Scripture says that's what makes peace with God. That Jesus giving his life so that we can have life. Nothing more, nothing less. Now at the beginning, I asked that question, do you know, do you know our God? you know specifically who his son is who jesus is paul just kind of gave us this is who jesus is this is this is who he is and when i read this there's things that we've heard mentioned about jesus of how who to describe him and i think it you can come out get these out of these pull these out of them things like the beginning and the end or maybe we'll hear that as the alpha and the omega that all authority has been given to him all authority has been given to jesus that Jesus is the fullness of God. That Jesus is complete. He's impeccable. He's perfect. He's our Savior. He's a Lamb of God. He's a healer. Jesus is all we need. Nothing more. Nothing less. Now, kind of think of our own lives for a second here. Now, I'm, I'm kind of picking on social media today. Trust me, I'm not. And even just the news, just everything. Like, just think of how accessible in the world we live today knowledge is. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody can just put it out there like that. And it's just out there so everybody can read it. We don't have to wait for a horse to bring it through the news, over the traveling. Like, it, it comes instantaneously. Like, we know what's going on around the world. All people's, ad- people's opinions, people's advice. Kind of like an infomercial of saying, for the low cost of $19.99, if you act now, I won't give you just one magic formula of how to restore your relationship with God. I'll give you two formulas, two for the price of one plus shipping, if you act now. All sorts of things to give us this special insight, this insight of what I need to live this happy life, this information that isn't coming from Jesus. This is not coming from God. It's not coming from God's word. It's found in the Bible. Because my life, at least mine is, it's full of Gnostics telling me that you need this or you need that. You need this to make you complete. You need this to get you where you want to be. You need this to to have peace. So where do I want to be? Where do I want to be? Well, I want to be in the presence of Jesus. What about you? Where do you want to be? 
Now, Jesus, when I read this, Jesus was, he was around here before COVID even existed. Jesus was around here before all the division we have in this world right now, all the wars. Jesus was here before racism. Jesus was here before we, people were fighting about being called desired pronouns. Jesus was here before Democrats and Republicans, before all the confusion that we have in our world today, before global warming. Jesus was there before all of us. Jesus created all of us in the image of his Father, the image of our Father, who is God. All of it was created by Jesus, for Jesus, for Jesus to have authority over all of it, for Jesus to be head over the entire church. It's not some secret knowledge that I have. It's not some secret knowledge that you have. It's just, it's Jesus. It's Jesus who gave his life on the cross for me and for you. Jesus, nothing more, nothing less. Now let's look at this last section. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, did not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So we're all aliens. We're all aliens. Not like that cute little thing on E.T. Not that, that little guy. But aliens, we're aliens, we're hostile, we're unfriendly, and we're enemies. Kind of like this guy. Kind of like this guy. If you guys, old movie, Mars Attacks. But this guy, you know, he had a blaster. He goes around blasting everybody. And once, once sin entered the world at the Garden of Eden, we were, we were all just, and it came into the world by our disobedience, by our evil behavior. We, we have been looked at as the enemy, like this guy. Okay, so maybe we don't look like that guy. Well, maybe some of us don't look that way. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> God, God blesses me so well by letting Tim be the sound guy today. <laughs> hey, turn my sound back on. But I do think of times when I'm really mad. I, I, you could ask my wife. She'll be here next service. You might ask her. I probably do look like that guy. <laughs> but I don't think I have to tell any of us how big a sinners we can be. Because we can be pretty big sinners. Because we all know we are. And from early on, it, it just, it's just part of our nature. I, at least it was mine. And when those aliens comes out, we pull out our big blaster and we want to blast somebody. And when I was, when you're young, it seems like, again, it's the playground. Playground is where the blasters like to come out. And there was one time when I pulled my blaster out and I blasted someone upside the head with a basketball and then the teacher blasted me with her blaster of detention for the rest of the week. Doesn't it always seem like someone has a bigger blaster than you do? <laughs> and don't miss something else of what Paul's saying here. He says, once we were aliens from God, we aren't anymore. When that happened? For some of us, we know when that happened. 
For others, it may not have happened yet in your life, but it, it can still happen. So do you know what God did for us? Specifically, do you know what his son Jesus did for you? Now I want us to look back at verse 20. And at verse 20 tells us, it says, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Peace has been made with all of us aliens. There's been peace made. Peace was given to us. Peace, we, we didn't deserve it. We didn't do anything on our own to make our own peace. We just kept going around blasting everybody and everyone with our blasters and even sometimes blasting ourselves. While Jesus laid down his blaster, he became a servant and he laid down his life for us, even though he had the biggest blaster of all. Now, you might be wondering, you don't think I do that? Well, again, let's, let's, I'm going to pick on this, this social media again, and, and it, it, it's not, it's just, it, it applies to this. So, isn't it so easy for us to just email something, text something, write something on a post, to post something, to like something, to do whatever it is, and blast somebody. Blast someone with our blaster, and, and we alienate them. And we don't, we, we do that because it's easy. I don't have to look at them face to face. Like, I don't have to have a conversation. Like, I can just say something about somebody and I don't even have to, it's almost like there's no consequences. At least, back on the playground, at least I had to look at somebody and, and say it to them and, and there was consequences then and there. And we may think that there's no consequences, but there really is. In fact, just this week, I received a text from somebody that I don't think if that person had to say it to me in person, they never would have said that. And don't get me wrong, technology is a very, very useful thing. I use it a lot. I use emails and texts. In fact, Jim, we discovered this week, when we communicate back and forth about worship, it's a lot easier and a lot trust more trustworthy. Just text. It's a great thing. It's easier. It's faster. It's convenient. And there's good things, so don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm just giving an example of something that's good turned into a bad thing that us aliens use to blast each other, and we just alienate people. Making us like those bunch of aliens from those, that, that movie, Mars Attacks. Now, remember when God got done making Adam? Remember, remember in the Garden of Eden? He said it was very good. Very good thing. God didn't screw it up. Adam screwed it up himself. Alienating himself from God. Consequently, alienating all of us from God. And the only way to restore us back to the very good is Jesus. Jesus reconciles us to God. Jesus who is impeccable, perfect, flawless, sinless, and gave his life for us. To bring us from being that big-brained, big-brained because I say we thought we could do it ourselves, we thought we knew better, our big brains that allowed us to do this, our big brain, that big-brained alien, blaster-toting alien, to being a son and daughter of God, to be part of the family. Think about it. Jesus is the one that made peace for us to God with his blood, with his life. Now, it does require something of me. Paul gives it to us in verse 23. 
It says, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. So faith. Who do you put your faith in? Remember, I put my faith in all of those people at the very beginning. I told you that story. But who do you put your faith in? Do I put my faith in those big-headed aliens that are going around saying, look at our large brains. Let me tell you how much knowledge I have, like that guy. We will give you this knowledge. And then you'll know what you need to know. Or do you put it in Jesus? Paul's saying you just need Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. Hold on to that faith and that faith alone. Put all your hope in that message of how Jesus gave his life for us to restore us from being these, those big-headed aliens, doing our own thing, thinking we know best, to bringing us to the son and daughter of God. So have faith in Jesus. Jesus alone, not anything else. Nothing more, nothing less. Let's pray. Lord,